one of the things that people like about private credit is there's a certain amount of certainty in in transactions, whereas banks, you know, it's it's laborious, it takes time, it, it, it can be a challenge, and then you, you might not even have a solution there for yourself. I couldn't even imagine three years ago people asking during an interview if you if you had a work from home policy. It just would have been something they'd be like, I'm not touching that. One, two days a week, work from home, get some flexibility in your life. That's there and that's probably gonna stay to some degree. Um, Adam Rice, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Very excited to speak with you. A little nervous as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, if you could just maybe start off, tell me a little bit about um, what you do, where you work, um, and we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah, well, happy to be here. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, it's, it, it's funny, it's for, worked with you a couple times now, and it's actually the first time I've seen your face. So, uh, but I guess that's the way the world is now. Um, so yeah, so I work at Park Cities Asset Management. I've been here about three years, a little over three years. Um, and uh, it, was a, it was really a great opportunity for me to join. It was a good point for me in my career um, to, to come over to a place that was pretty young in its life cycle. Um, but, uh, had, you know, f from, from where I sat and what I was looking at, a lot of upside, a lot of potential for me to, to kind of go in and, and apply a lot of the things that, that I've been able to, to gather over my career um, into a kind of a, a related industry, but, but, but somewhat new to me. So um, Park Cities itself is um, specialty finance. It's, it's private credit, effectively. We're, we're a lender. We, we um, it, you know, the, the essence of what we do is, is we go out and we raise capital and we deploy it as debt. It's, it's really that simple and it's in its most basic form. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. I haven't, I haven't worked necessarily in private credit before, but, you know, I touched many sectors that, that kind of would, would have touched it. Um, so it was, a, it was a good opportunity for me to come over, learn a, a little bit of a new business model, and then try to apply my skill set to help a business grow. And so Park Cities um, has, you know, underlying credits effectively, counterparties that we go out and, you know, it's deals that, that we source, um, whether it's through relationships or, um, you know, could be could be through really, really any, you know, especially nowadays with so much technology out there. Um, we have we have uh, folks reaching out to us on a regular basis. So it could be, you know, deals that are as, as low as a couple million dollars potentially um, up to uh, tens of millions. Um, so that's, that's where we are as far as that's kind of our, I would say our sweet spot's probably somewhere between five and $25 million as it is. We've done deals that are substantially larger. We've also done deals that are substantially smaller, but um, effectively what we do is, is we evaluate the underlying uh, prospective borrower um, due diligence is performed, um, um, from our portfolio management guys here who are pretty sharp, um, really know what they're doing. Um, they evaluate the companies, the, um, what they're, what they're trying to accomplish. If, if, if we feel like we fit that need, or, you know, it could be a case where, where we're not necessarily exactly what they need. They might need, um, you know, uh, another, a, a supposed solution, uh, or, or group that we can, you know, we're always happy to help facilitate that. So really, um, we're, we're just a, a, a credit group that, that really tries to fill the void of, of where banks aren't going to operate or don't operate. Or, um, you know, a lot of times we find credits that 
are maybe too small for uh, for some of the bigger private credit type groups. Um, so that's that's where we operate today, and um, there's there's a lot of opportunity. So. Uh, it's it's been great, and we've had an opportunity to grow substantially since I got here. I was doing some research this morning and last night uh, prior to our interview, just reading about private credit in general, um, and then your growth. I think Park Cities has been around about four years now, and very quick growth. So, I mean, generally speaking, what do you see? What are the the opportunities right now, and then kind of what are maybe the general headwinds? We have rising interest rates, inflation. Does that impact? Um, demand for private credit at all, or is there more demand, or kind of what are you seeing out there? So I got I came here at the end of the summer in 2019. Of course, COVID hit eight, what seven eight months later. So it's like I feel like, uh, and when I when I talk about what we do and how we do it, it's it's like we've we've constantly been. You know, I had to learn. I learned everything pretty quick, right? Like try to get get my feet under me at about six months here, and then. I feel like I've just been describing it as we're just we've been in a world of change for two and a half years, right? And uh, just when you think things are calming down, something happens. You know, uh, whether whether it's economic, whether it's you know you've got a lot of political issues, you've got um, you know you've you've even got a, a war, uh, you know, over in Ukraine and Russia that's been driving up gas prices, as an example, which really impacts consumer spending. So. You know, when you look at the overall environment, it feels like things have, have changed substantially. But um, I, I, I think that from our perspective with inflation specifically and interest rates rising, um, I, th- I think and I think I think it's bearing out as we've, we've seen. I think that's actually going to increase or, or could could really increase the demand for, for private credit groups such as ourselves when when banks are out there and they have, inc- you know, typically People who can can go to banks and get get loans or or or, or find uh, solutions, you know, because you know these are these are third parties that are they're looking for substantial amounts of financing, and you know, obviously, a hundred basis points on an interest rate is going to be meaningful to them. So if they can go to banks, they're going to go to banks. Well, as our cost of capital is 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 somewhat somewhat static. Um, as we see interest rates rise, we're seeing the gap between a bank and us close, right? And, and I think one of the things that people like about private credit is there's a certain amount of certainty in, in transactions, whereas banks, you know, it's, it's laborious, it takes time, it, it, it can be a challenge, and then you, you might not even have a solution there for yourself. Um, so I do think that we're going to see, whether it's with us or, or other private credit groups, because um, there's, 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 Big ones out there. There's big ones that fill fill gaps that we don't fill. You're going to see um, a, a, an increase in the demand for private credit, or um, especially as, as, as you know, I, I would assume, and I, th- I think it's bearing out that there's going to be a withdrawal. There's going to be some groups that, that just pull back and say, "I'm going to call a timeout." So you're going to see some of the liquidity is not there. You're going to, you know, so so that that creates opportunity, right? So. I, I think I think we're going to see that for ourselves. I think it's it's bearing out a little bit, but um, you know, I, I I feel pretty confident about about where we sit and what we do right now. That's great. So shifting gears a little bit, I was reading about uh, some of the bigger banks feeling like they missed out on this space, and you know, coming up with quickly with plans to get into the space. <clears throat> you know, Park Cities is in Dallas. Lots of companies are coming here. 
demand for talent, I'm sure. What have you seen in that space? I guess specifically within your uh, within private credit, and then maybe just in Dallas in general. Um, you know, what what have you been seeing out there, and and how do you build um, a high performing team? Yeah. Yes. I mean. Probably the, that's probably one of the bigger challenges right now. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm certain that you've seen that. You've probably seen the, the challenges others have gone through, um, in particular over, I would say, the last year and a half or so. Um, for, for us in particular, um, I hadn't, I, it'd, been, it'd been quite some time since, you know, my prior company, it was a 10,000 person company. We had plenty of resources, a whole HR team. There was, you know, but, but, but the game hadn't changed yet. There was, you know, we were still kind of operating under the pre-COVID rules of, you know, employees kind of needed you more than you needed them. And so you felt like you, you know, when you were, when you were out there trying to source talent, you could, you could find really good talent pretty quick and, and you could move on it. Well, when I came over here, it, it was about, it's probably about two years before I had to Maybe, actually, probably about two and a half years before I, I, we really got to the point where I needed some some additional resources. We have a really steady team over here. We have almost no turnover, so there was, you know, I, I didn't have a need for talent other than growing into it. So we finally get to the point where we needed some talent, and I, you know, we started evaluating that in the early spring, and I realized the game had changed completely, absolutely completely. It was turned on its head. It wasn't just that; it was. Um, it, 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 it's, it was, it was hard to even get resumes in the door. I was, I was stunned by it. And then, so when you, when you saw a resume you quickly realized if, if I even want a shot at this person, I need to talk to him now. So, right. Like trying to talk to people quickly. Um, and, and, and it really, it was, it was a market. It was not a buyer's market. You know, we, we, you know, I, I almost had to really listen to what they wanted and it, 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 which is which is great. It was it's a it's a it's actually a, a good way to, I suppose, learn a little bit yourself, right? I always felt like I was pretty good about understanding what what motivated people and and what they wanted, and 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 try to um, retain talent and, and do the right things for for the people that work for you. But seeing it on the front end, you know, you don't typically. I couldn't even imagine three years ago people asking during an interview if you if you had a work from home policy. It just would have been something they'd be like, I'm not touching that. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, that job. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, which I've, I've never really had a problem with. I'm, I'm reasonably flexible. And I think that there's, there's a place for that kind of thing. But, um, but it, it was, that was almost a universal question in every single interview. So the world's changed there. Right. And, and um, uh, the cost has gone up tremendously for, for the talent. Um, and, 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 you know, I must, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know if the cost of talent has driven inflation or if inflation drove the cost of talent. But either way, we we are here. We're at this point in time where talent's more expensive, um, and so it was, um, it was. It was rather eye opening to see how difficult it was and, um, to 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 bring. It, it's kind of like you ask yourself the question: Where did everybody go, or are they just really happy where they are? Because I was seeing virtually no resumes where I used to, I used to get a stack. I used to get a stack when, when I had a, you know, a, a role for a five to eight year type of person, you get a stack of resumes for that. I, I know it's, it's funny. You mentioned that one of my friends is, uh, has been doing recruiting in the same space for 20 years and we chat from time to time. And, and he 
was bemoaning. He told me, he's like, I think LinkedIn's broken. You know, it's like no one is respond. You know, no one's getting back to me. And you know, what's wrong with LinkedIn? So, so yeah, you're right. It's, um, just having, you know, started in recruiting, I don't know, four or so years ago before COVID hit. Um, it's been, I feel like I've seen so many different seasons within, I guess, Dallas and then just, uh, hiring in general. Um, so how do you think this shakes out? You know, I, I, it seems like in the beginning, you know, it's Candace definitely had the power and it was like remote and there was fear and safety, but definitely feels like we're seeing a shift, especially the bigger companies. You got Jamie Dimon, you know, other people making comments about working from home, you know, isn't, isn't ideal. Um, and I'm hearing more and more from candidates saying they're, you know, we're coming back to the office. So now that's certainly it's, it's very, very depending on who you talk to, but what are your kind of general thoughts on, on how does this shake out? Do you think candidates are, are going, are we going to have this hybrid work schedule and is that the way to retain talent or is this going to be a fluid ball game and maybe it's going to shift back to maybe the way it was before and people need a job and, um, main or hiring companies are going to say, you got to come to the office or no job. Yeah, it's a great question. I, um, you know, I, so I am aware of some 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 rather large companies that that are kind of they've kind of put a line in the sand, if you will, on hey, I think they've been trying they've been trying for some time to kind of coax people back in the office, right? Trying to be careful to not not effectively um, create turnover unnecessarily. So there is this balance, but I, I think I my my personal belief is is you're going to see the current economic uncertainty. Um, the, regardless of what people say, we're in a recession, we're at the, t- the beginning of a recession. Um, it may not be catastrophic, but, but we're there. Um, and I think what you're going to see is I think you're going to see the larger companies who are probably going to be making, um, cost decisions re- anyways. I think they're going to use it as a mechanism to get people back in the office. Hey, you know, and it, 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 it's not going to be as outspoken as like, Hey, we're cutting 10% of the workforce. If you want a job, get in the office, but it's going to be, it's going to be a clear cut. Like they're going to, they're going to act with a little more um, confidence, I believe, and say, Hey, next month, or, you know, we're, you know, by the end of October, everybody's in the office. If you're not in the office, um, you know, effectively you're breaking policy. Well, they can, I think, draw that line in the sand if they know they're going to be laying off 10% of their workforce anyways. Right. It's going to be, it's going to create a little bit of that turnover and they're going to have a little more confidence to do it. So I think I think you're going to see it swing back a little bit. It kind of goes back to the old adage. I, I'm not quite sure how old you are, but I, I early in my career, I I, d- I went through the 08 crisis and um, and, you know, that that lasted quite a while. Felt like, you know, it was about a four or five year until we really, I think, got on the other side of it. But one of the things I guess that was. I remember reading or seeing back then was um, a lot of companies went to, and I think this is anecdotal, but I think it, it, it applies in a, in a different way today. A lot of companies went back to more professional dress. So you see people throwing on sport coats and ties and it's, it's, and it's, it's really not even, I suppose the companies themselves, it's the employees. They were like, well, how do I differentiate myself and make sure I'm not one of the guys getting let go? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to button up a little more. I'm going to, I'm going to tidy up a little more. Um, I think there's that natural, draw of like, how do I differentiate myself? And if going into the office differentiates you from some of the folks that aren't going, I'd say get in there and hold on to your seat because 
we, you know, we're going into some uncertain times. So I think, I think you're going to see that. I think it's going to be natural, but I also believe there's an equilibrium and there's, there is a place for, um, some flexibility. I think any good hiring manager or manager is going to say, Hey, um, one, two days a week, work from home, get some flexibility in your life. Um, you know, if it helps out at, you know, at home for sure. Um, and, uh, so I do think that's, that's there and that's probably going to stay to some degree. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's going to be some flexibility other than the huge companies who maybe have more leverage. Um, but I think the smaller medium companies are going to have, there's going to be a balance of, okay, maybe a hybrid work schedule. Switching gears. I was looking through your background. You know, some people just seem to have it figured out. You got your, your bachelor's, your master's, you've been in kind of structured finance. You've been in this space where someone like me, you know, when did you kind of know you wanted to be a CFO and, you know, what advice, um, you know, if you had to do it over again, you know, would uh, would you do it differently, or what what advice are you kind of giving those earlier in their career these days? On paper, I suppose maybe it maybe it presents as if I had it all figured out, right? Certainly did not. Um, you know, as an example, I didn't know I didn't know I wanted to take an accounting path until until I took an accounting course in college, and I was like, man. I, you know, this really, it really clicks with me. It interests me. I'm, I'm not miserable when I'm in class, right? Like, so, so I was like, okay, th- th- that might be a path. So I kind of explore that path a little bit more. Turns out I want to do it. Okay. What's the best way to do it? It's to do the five-year program. Um, I, I was at tech at the time and the five-year programs were, were relatively new. So do the five-year program. Well, when you're doing the five-year program, you get recruited by the big four. So, um, that was actually right when Arthur Anderson died. So that was an interesting time to be in college too, right? Like the perfect case study of what not to do um, with Enron and Arthur Anderson. But um, so, so go through recruiting with the big four, end up at Ernst and Young. Um, so th- the path, the path was kind of, it was like the, the bricks were being put in front of me as I'm walking, right? Like I'm kind of seeing, seeing it as I'm going, as opposed to really looking off in the distance and, and having an ultimate goal in mind. So I went into public accounting. Out of, uh, I did the internship program. I came, went back, did grad school, um, went into public accounting. So, you know, um, great experience, great place to be. And then, I, you know, somewhat quickly realized, I think, I think you do, um, most people do. I, I realized public accounting wasn't, wasn't I didn't love it. it it's, a, it's a grind. It's, it's hard work. A lot it's, of it's hours. Tough, right. A lot of work. Lot of, a lot of hours. So kind of found my way out, ended up in Invesco real estate, really enjoyed it there. That, that gave me a chance to do some industry accounting and, and do a couple other things there. Other opportunities popped up internally um, that, that I was able to explore over my six years there. And then an opportunity came up at, at Nation Star Mortgage, which ultimately changed this name to a name that everybody loves, which is Mr. Cooper. Um, uh, so that, and that was where I, I got, I got a chance to do some some, you know, structured finance and then FP&A. So, and then, and then ultimately ended up here. So to answer a couple of your questions, so that's kind of my path, but to answer a couple of your questions, is there anything I would kind of change or do differently along the way? And I'd say one of the biggest challenges I had in my career was, was having patience. And I still, I still struggle with it. It, nothing's going to happen overnight. You need to put in the time. And, and so a, a, a point in time where I can, I can say that particularly applied was my time in, uh, at Ernest and Young. I, I, you know, while I 
understand public accounting. I experienced it. You know, I, I would say that my experience there isn't as deep as it needs to be. So that's a place where, I, you know, if I was giving advice to somebody who's in public accounting is, hey, stick with it for a while. Let it be a real, a real um, shining spot on your resume as opposed to, as opposed to just a, you know, a, a small a, placeholder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's because it's critical. It, 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 um, it, it applies in almost, it doesn't matter what role you go into. If you're in accounting and finance, if you have the um, auditing foundation, you're going to, you're going to be able to apply it and, and it's going to, it's going to show well. Um, so that's, the, but, but uh, that patience, that patience is something I've struggled with all the way through my career and, and even at other stops. Um, I tend to, what I would tend to do is, is, is go into a new role or new opportunity and, you know, dig in, spend a year or two doing it and then go, what's next. Right. right. And I mastered this. What's yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, like, and, and that can be a challenge, especially if the, the, the next opportunity isn't necessarily in front of you or, um, you know, you, then sometimes you, you might find yourself, you know, kind of in that grass is greener kind of mentality. And, and sometimes it's better to just let it come to you. And those opportunities where I've, where I've, I've slowed it down a little bit, learned from those, those moments where I did get a little impatient and then let things come to me. Um, I find that, that that's, um, while maybe not perfect, it, it, it really, th things do happen. If you're working hard, reasonably intelligent and you're and you're trying to drive value for the organization you're in people are going to notice and and you're going to you're going to get opportunities from that so um yeah it's it, it it you know my career path is uh i'm i'm really proud of, of where i've been and what i've been able to accomplish and the things i've been able to do but uh but there's definitely some things to be learned there and and some some things i've tried to apply as i've as i've gone through but but patience for young people is it's hard i know it's hard but it's it's one of those things just just stick with it that's great advice. And I think, yeah, I think the, the poor decisions I've made career-wise have been due to impatience and just I'm ready and, you know, uh, just get me out of here. I'm ready for what's next. And then you get there and then you think everything through. And But, yeah, that's great advice. And, uh, and then spending time in the big four, yeah, anytime you've got a candidate that's got, you know, four-plus years in the big four, it's, um, you know, lots of, lots of love for, for that experience. Yes. In my experience. Yes. Um, well, great. Well, um, well, Adam, it's been uh, really great talking with you um, and um, appreciate your time. Do you have any any final comments on on the market or anything? But um, really um, great hearing your thoughts on the market and just uh, learning more about Park Cities. Yeah, you know, um, well, absolutely. It's been, it's good catching up and, you know, I've, I've, I've felt fortunate, you know, us having an opportunity to work together previously. Absolutely. Same here. Thank you. So, yeah. So it, it, um, you know, having a familiarity with you and, and, and being able to, you, you helped us attract some of the talent that we were, that we were looking for, which is, which is really critical. Um, and, and, um, and it's been extremely great for us, but I, you know, I would say, just generally speaking, if we're going to look at the overall landscape, the overall market, what, what we believe and what we look at, you know, um, I, I would tell I would say, you know, hopefully people don't panic. Right. Like, you know, we don't want the extremes and we don't want the, um, uh, you know, the whiplash that we've had, you know, whether I mean, it just seems like it's all over the place with 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 things right now. Things happen fast um, and uh, and and things change fast and hopefully 
you know, people stick with it and realize that, that they're, they're, the sun will come up tomorrow and things are going to be okay. And, you know, uh, you know, economically, you know, there's challenges. We all, we're, everybody feels challenges. And, um, uh, but, you know, I, hopefully, hopefully the inflation gets on, you know, I think the biggest threat for us all right now is, is the inflation, right? If that gets under control, everybody can breathe and say, okay, you know, give us some time. I think, I think time will kind of help, help cure it. Um, I do, I think, uh, I think the inflation driving up interest rates is going to be a challenge for, for the, um, real estate mortgage market. But, you know, that's, you know, to be expected after you, after you burn so hot for so long in a market like that, you're probably going to stagnate a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I do think we're, it's kind of unprecedented times. I don't know that anybody could tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, but I, you know, I always kind of try to look at it. It's like all relative, right? The, if the world's burning around you, you know, is, is your place hotter than the guy next door? I, I don't know. Just try to make sure it's not that hot. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in, in 2008, I remember Googling about, you know, what if the banks fail? What does that mean? You know, yeah. and just the people that kept cool heads and didn't panic, you know, we made it through that. And, um, there's there's investments to be made and decisions to be made. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And you uh, talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good.